Life Audio. This life gets hard, but move forward to brighter days. This chapter is long, but remember to turn the page. All right, we are back, guys. Welcome to Unfiltered Parenting with Abby Johnson and Reagan Long, where we deliver the real deal of parenting to y'all completely unfiltered. Hello, hello. So good to be back for another week. We are doing this once a week, right? Once a week. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Oh, yeah, once yeah. a week. Once Thursday, a week. Thursday is that's the drop our day. Publishing date, yes. Abby's just Abby's been um, working extra insane and pulling like super late nights, early mornings of <sighs> a massive project she's been working on. That's super exciting. A, yeah. another movie another movie yeah well and what you just you finished you just wrapped filming right yes i'm totally done filming yeah. this has been like i'm i'm really excited so, about it but like filming is also like the bane of my existence it has been recently so i'm so excited to get it done so yeah and i i've been wanting to do another podcast but it's just right. like Oh my gosh. I'm so tired at the end of the day. I, I literally have Your brain no, has to be able to function too. Yeah. I have like no brain space available by the end of the night because I have to memorize nice. like lines and stuff. I'm basically an actress now. That is what? now my new thing. And actually... I mean, add it to... Add it. I, ha- I do have an IMDb, so I am basically an actress. I, yeah, now I just need like a talent. I mean, basically. I need a talent manager basically now because I, I did, I do have my breakout well, acting role I coming up her. in a movie. I, I do. It's called, the movie's called um, Without a Doubt. It's coming out in the spring, I think. Or no, it's coming out next fall, and it is my. Are you are you serious? Yes, how, yes, dude. Did I not how, tell how you about we, that? How do we not know this? How I do know. We, how do you not tell me? That? I know, I know. I I oh, forget to tell you. Something. Not, I know, oh I know. I something so big. I know. I do. I do. I my big acting debut. See, and it's like such a big thing. What person forgets to tell one of her best friends? Oh yeah, so I'm in a movie. Um, wait, I didn't. I didn't tell you that. <laughs> I I just I like, just, just kind of I, I don't know. Abby. I just kind of flew up and did it. Um, but it's. I am very excited because I'm very excited about the story. I'm not excited that I acted in it, but I am very excited about the story. It's a really great story. It's a true story, and it's you know I played myself, so I guess that's not that hard of an acting job, but I, but Hey, it's my breakout. It's my breakout role in a, in a film. So I'm, I am very excited. I, I'm, I, and I'm like, Hey, I'm looking for an agent. So, you know, Hey, treasure, treasure coast talent. You want to pick me up? I'm any, any, any talent agency. You want to pick me up? I'm, I'm just dropping that out. I'm available. I'm available for hire for movies now. Um, 
<laughs> oh my gosh. No, oh it has God, been a crazy, it has it. been a crazy week though. That. And then I come into my so, office, I come into my office to, to do this. I don't know if I need to put a, like a shock handle on my office door or something. Is that even available? I don't know. Like a, you know, like one of those mm. electric fences. A padlock shock. Yes. I need an electric doorknob. Right. That's what I need for the children on my office because I come into my office. They mm-hmm. have, and it doesn't matter how many times I've told them, stay out of my office. It, do, it doesn't matter. Okay. They come into my yeah. office. It's like, it's like to them, it's like the Holy of Holies, right? Like you're not supposed to enter so they can't help themselves. Right. They come this in off limits. Yeah. They find I it doesn't matter how well I hide the Sharpie markers. They find every Sharpie marker. They get out every piece of printer paper I have. And they color all over the printer paper. They cut up the tiniest pieces of paper. I come in my office. It looks like it's snowed in here. There's like paper everywhere. So I'm just like, every time I come to my office, mm-hmm. it is like a disaster. Mm-hmm. So if anybody knows... I was just picking off scotch tape. Yeah, and tape. Would, oh my gosh, tape. I'm like, if anybody knows method, any company that the scotch that tape, makes yeah. like electric door handles, just let me know because I'm, I'm interested in buying one. Ugh. So I, as I was waiting for you to hop on for us to record, I literally was pulling a scotch tape off of my desk that Kelsey just basically glued everywhere. I, I, I like, I, I don't know what their infatuation is, but they, yeah, it's like, it, it, it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild. But, um, speaking of, it's, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsors, and I'm going to talk about children being amazing actors since you just brought that up about your debut. So we will be right back. Here's a quick word from our sponsors. Okay, we are back. So Abby, you uh, when you were mentioning... Um, you know, you're finishing filming this documentary of yours and then uh, you are acting as yourself in another movie coming out in the spring of 2024. Let me tell you, okay, about my children and their acting slash embellishing okay. skills, okay? Like, my kids are good kids, all right? They have good hearts. They are, uh, you know, they have good morals, Um but I, they are good little manipulators too. Are. Okay, when it comes to being sick and or pretend sick and mm-hmm. wanting to be mm-hmm. home with me. Okay, <laughs> so just let me give you a, a few quick examples. So I had to text Abby this morning. Our 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 time that we were going to meet to record our podcast. I'm like, well, I'm at urgent care with Kennedy. How to get her swab for strep and. Uh, she does not have strep. She's fine, and I'm taking her to school. So I was so mortified, okay? So we're in there. K- Kennedy last night, she had basketball and soccer practice. She was like holding her throat, holding her head. I have a headache, and my throat hurts, and I just I just can't go to practice. Well, anyways, mm-hmm. her dad made her go to practice, but... um she came home. She was fine. She was happy. And this morning when I woke her up, she was just like, mom, my throat. And so literally I'm like, well, if it's this bad, like it sounds like strep maybe. So, you know, she needs an antibiotic if it's strep. Otherwise I would not have her tested for the flu sure. or COVID or anything else because anything else is viral right. and it just has to run its course. So my main concern is simply, is it strep? Do we need an antibiotic? That's all I want to know. So I take her in there and I notice on the drive, she's kind of bopping Mm -hmm. her head to the music and she's looking good. And I'm like, what? Now, now granted, she did not pull this out of thin air. I do think she had a sore throat. I think it was more just like, uh, like sinus drainage where, you know, the kids in the morning and at night, it hurts the worst. So we get in there, the doctor comes in 
And he's like, Kennedy, tell me what's going on. And she's like, well, I've had a sore throat a couple days, but I'm actually Mm. feeling better today. And I look at her and I'm like, oh, sweet baby Jesus, you better pray to God. You have strep throat. (laughs) You better make that sore throat come back. The sore throat is back. It better be back. Yeah. Yeah. Right now. So, so the doctor like looks at me like, well, he's like, well, that's good. You're feeling better. Like, why are you here then? And I look at her and I'm like, Kennedy, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> like we're in here with other gross people coughing all over us. So long story short, she doesn't have strep. I take her little patootie to school. Then Abby, I'm not home for three minutes and my phone rings and it's my oldest son in middle school. Mom, I... I, I have a sore throat. Oh, I think I need mm-hmm. like a cough drop or something. You, you know what? You're okay, bud. You're okay. Well, I don't nope. know. Do you think I should come home? Nope, I don't. Nope, I don't. I think you need to go to class because I've picked my oldest son up so many darn times at school and he comes home and within 20 minutes, he's fine. He's out shooting hoops. He's playing around on his game. I'm like, you know what, guys? And I told all my kids, the, the little boy who cried wolf, one time you're going to be really ill and oh, I'm not going to come gosh. for you. <laughs> and Let I'm not going to know the difference. tell you. Okay. I have two <gasps> stories to tell you. Okay. One is about Jude. Okay. okay. I, Jude is my kid that will, he's the best actor in our family. He, about being sick, he will like cough until he throws up. He will like gag himself. I mean, he's like, I, if he decides like, I don't want to go to school today. Like I, he will make himself throw up. He's just like, he's like, Oh, I'm so sick. Okay. So we were, I was taking them to this camp, this summer camp and he's in the back of my car and with all the boys, you know, the other three boys. So there's four of them in my car. We're driving. It's like, I don't know, like a two hour right. drive or whatever. So we're driving there and Jude starts in on this, like my stomach hurts. And I'm like, okay, like whatever. Right. Because nobody believes him. I mean, cause he's always right. something, you know, like I'm just saying my eyeball hurts. My big toe hurts. It's always something, you know, cause he just <laughs> right. loves the attention. Okay. So yeah. He's like, my stomach hurts. And I'm like, right. whatever, buddy, you're fine. So we get to this place right. where it's like a bunch of um food trucks, right? So it's like this big outdoor space and there's all these food trucks. And so we're out there, we're eating, we're or I'm actually ordering food. And and Carter comes running over and goes, Jude just threw up. And I'm like, what? And I look over, (laughs) Jude, okay, Jude is eight, okay? I look over, Jude is standing in the middle of all the picnic tables where people are eating, and he has thrown up. Like, not, he didn't go to, he didn't go to a trash can. He didn't run to the bathroom. Nope. Just right there in the middle right of there, all smack the, in the picnic middle. tables where everybody's eating, he throws up. And I'm like, seriously? And so the guy that's taking my the guy that's taking my order is like, oh gosh, do you need to go like help him? And I'm like, I'm like, no. He'll be fine. So I'm sure the guy is like, oh my gosh, you're the worst mom ever. But I'm like, he's fine. I'll go over there in a minute. So I finish ordering. I go over there. And by this point, I'm like mortified. I'm like, Jude, you are too old to be puking in the middle of this big area. There's trash cans everywhere. And it was like a tiny little bit of like throw up. And it was like on this like dirt area so i just like kicked my f- i just like kicked some dirt over it because it was just like a little bit i just like kicked some dirt over it and i was like me okay let's just pretend that didn't happen but i'm like i told jude i said this is what happens this is what happens when you are constantly 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 
saying you're sick and you're not sick, pretending to throw up and you're not actually throwing up, calling me from school saying, you know, my stomach hurts, whatever. Like then when you're really not feeling good and he was just car sick, like then when you're really not feeling good, I I don't believe you, you know, and that's, that's what happens. Right. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. Here's the second story though. And this is actually about me. Okay. This is my most embarrassing moment as a kid. Now it's really funny, but this is my most embarrassing moment. as like a teenager. So I was in, I think, eighth grade and I was at church camp during the summer. And I, and I, this is a time where I lied and said I was sick. Okay. Because I was like, I have to get out of here. I have to go home. So I called my parents and I was like, I'm really sick. I need to go home. Okay. But this is why. And I don't think I've ever even told my parents this. So they're going to find out about it like on the podcast. Okay. So here we go. I'm 43. So it's okay. Um, so, okay. So we're, we're at church camp and we're all like, uh, I think I'm in eighth grade and we're sitting, you know, like in the gym or something. And I, of course I had, you know, a crush on a boy at church camp because you do you, that's what you do. And, um, so he's sitting by me, he's sitting beside me, of course, in the gym and I'm like about to die and, uh, you know, just pass out because my crush is sitting beside me. And so we are sitting on the gym. (laughs) We're sitting on the gym. (laughs) Oh gosh, I don't know where this is going. Okay, so we're we're sitting on the gym floor, and we're sitting like you know, like Indian style on the gym on the gym floor, and um, or right. we don't say that anymore. What do we say? Crisscross applesauce. Okay, so we're sitting on the floor, and yes. I'm gonna get canceled. I'm gonna get canceled for saying Indian right. style. Okay, so anyways, so we're sitting there, and you I. Are feel a sneeze coming on. Now we all know where this is coming. Okay. So I feel like a sneeze coming on. Yeah. And now so I, know. I sneeze I know. and I try to kind of hold it in though. Cause sneezing is ugly. So I try to kind of hold it in and I sneeze and I right. toot real big at the, <laughs> at the same <gasps> time. <laughs> but Reagan, I'm on oh a my gym gosh, worst thing ever. Okay. No. So it's like, it like reverberates off the gym floor. So it's like, it's like a trumpet. Okay. It's like, (gasps) right. Oh yeah. Right. It's like a microphone is held to it. Yes. It was like, there was a mic right next to my butt. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my glory. It was like time. It was like time. Oh my God. You just need to run away and never come back. Time stopped. (laughs) And everybody, like, of course, like looks at me, including my my crush, looks over at me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. I cannot believe that. It just happened right now. And like, you know, I feel like my neck getting all hot. And I'm like, I just want to die. I just want to die right now. All right. Like, I just, like, I just like bust out laughing. Like, like everybody was laughing. I just like bust out laughing. But now I'm like, I can't stay here because like now I'm going to be known as like, I don't know. Like, the the fart girl the or like Rudy Judy <laughs> or something. I don't know. Like I <laughs> I cannot I cannot stay here. Oh so I like called my parents. I was like, I'm just really sick. Like I'm just feeling good. I need to go home. So right. yeah, I'm, I'm dying. dying. I'm dying I'm of dying. embarrassment. <laughs> I'm dying. So um anyway, right. so they came and, and picked yeah. me up, and then I kind of oh had to like God. fake being sick. Like for a few days. 
I had right. to play. You have yeah. to, you have uh, to play. And into I like it, never right? was like, oh well, God. actually, I like ripped one on the gym floor, and that's why I wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh my glory. So, oh. oh, sweet Abby. You know what? I'd almost, of course, God never condones lying, right? Uh, but that's <laughs> almost like a little loving white lie that you had to yeah. tell to get out of there. You think like some of the angels and saints okay. would be like, yeah, just let it go. we got to let, let go. this it's one okay. slide. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Like God's like, God's like, this was well, too humiliating. All right. Like, well, that's acceptable. Acceptable. We'll let it go. Oh my gosh. I was, I was so embarrassed. Oh my gosh. That's, it's like, oh my glory. But you know, that I get, but some of these things with my kiddos and then my heart aches because I'm like, okay, they want to be with me. I love them, but I'm like, guys, but you know, but part of being a parent is that, is that tough love because they can't do this when they're no. an adults, you know, they've got to do the things they want to do. They've, they've still got to show up. And so they've become little master manipulators on my emotions and empathy. And I'm like, y'all, this doesn't end well, because one of these times it's going to be real. And uh, mama's not going to show up, even though I need to show up. So you've got to Everybody's got to reel it yep. in. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh gosh. So it's so hard. We it's so hard. We are going to talk about something that a lot of people have asked us to talk about, um, and that is talking to your kids about sex. And so this next portion is not yes. for little ears, probably, unless you want us just to go ahead and lay it out for your kids, um, then we're, we're happy to go ahead and be the, those sex right, educators right. for your kids. We'll go ahead and just do it right now. Um, but before we do that, <laughs> let's go ahead and take a break and hear from our sponsors. And we're back. So, this is, I, I mean, for a lot of people, I think this is a really uncomfortable conversation. Um, I know my mom had the sex talk, like the one sex talk with me. Um, when I was in third grade, she got like a book and sat down on the bed with me and flipped through the book. I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. I actually started crying because I was like, yeah. like even thinking about my parents doing that was like so embarrassing to me. And I was just like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. Right. And so um, that did not go well. And then like my friend's mom, their sex talk was, do you know what a penis is? Stay away from it. Um, so it's kind of like, it, you know, it was kinda, that, that was kind of like the way it was just like talked about when we were growing up. It was like, like you get a book or right. you barely get right. a talk at all. Um, and that was just the norm. Like yes. my mom didn't do anything wrong. Like that was just the way to do it yep. back then. You know, but it was, it was weird. It was uncomfortable it was. and it was it like was. a one shot deal. Like you get one, one sex talk. So you better understand everything then because that's all you're going to get. And we're never going to talk about this again. And I was like, I don't want to be like that with my kids. Like I want this to be like an ongoing sort of dialogue. Because, because here's the thing back then, which you're right, it was, it was the norm. That's, that's how it happened. My mom also got a book and it was extremely, and I don't even think we made it halfway through and she just like, we just never went back to it. But the issue with that is whether you have boys or girls, the curiosity mm -hmm. is still there. So if they're not going to find the answers out from you, th they're going to find it out from someone mm -hmm. or somewhere. And even, even for me, when I had some of these deep conversations about sex with 
with some of my children, I was extremely uncomfortable. I felt my face being flushed and it takes a lot to make my face flushed and to, to really make me uncomfortable, especially talking to my own children. And all I kept thinking in my head was, if it's not me, mm-hmm. it's someone else. So we're, I, I'm going to make myself push through this. And, um, and I think that's one of the first things we need to tell all of our listeners, all of the parents is it is going to be uncomfortable. That's just, just know it is for everybody. But if it is not you, it is unequivocally. And who knows what they're going to hear from somebody else. And I mean, they may, they're probably, they may not hear the right answers. They may hear something that's completely false. Um, a lot of kids learn about sex from pornography and that is not how you want your kids learning about sex. So, but if, but it's like you said, if you don't teach them, they are going to be curious and they will go learn about it somewhere. And the, the most easily accessible place to see sex, to learn about sex, um, to see it happen is porn and porn is everywhere. It's on social media. It's on the internet. It's so easily accessible. Um, and you just have to, you just have to type in the word literally the three letters sex. And I even found my children when they were younger, they know how to spell it. Oh yeah. Yeah. YouTube, any of the social media things, Google, just type in porn, anything. And it, I mean like, boom, like everything. And it just the pop-ups like keep coming. I mean, it's just, it's nonstop. So, um, so Doug and I made a decision like, um, that we would, anytime our kids asked any questions, we would answer them honestly. I mean, we would answer them age appropriately, but we would answer them honestly. And so that is, that is the, the promise that we've kept and our girls, you know, have been different than our boys. Um, and I feel like the girl, I mean, Grace has always been able to kind of process information differently. She's been curious in a different way than the boys have been. Um, so I, Grace asked about, I mean, our kids are kind of weird because like they hear the word abortion all the time and like, and so they, they kind of have right. questions early. But I remember Grace, she was like seven and I was pregnant with Luke. And so she had already seen me be pregnant with, um, with Alex and um and so I was like l- late pregnant with Luke and <clears throat> we're at the dinner table and she's like mom how did Luke get in your belly and I was like well I was like uh, I mean, I, I was kind of like, what do you mean? Like, he, I mean, he's growing in there. Like, he's, right. you know, whatever. and she's like, yeah, no, I know. But like, how did he get in there? And I was like, well, I was like, you know, he's created from um, a, something called a fertilized egg. And that comes from the mom. And that part of it comes from the mom and part of it comes from the dad. And when those come together, when those two parts come together, it grows inside the mom's, uh, inside of, you know, something called a uterus or the womb. And she's like, yeah, but like, how does it get in the womb? Like, how does it get there? And I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> I was like, I just like looked at Doug. Right. Like I just looked at Doug right and he's like, yeah. I mean, I guess we're just doing this right now. And I'm like, I, I guess we are at the dinner table, like with our seven year old. And so I'm like, know. okay. I'm like, well, so like I start just like 
kind of talking about anatomy, right? Like, well, you know, your dad has different parts than we do, right? Your dad has a penis. And she's like, yep. And I'm like, okay. And we have a vagina. And she's like, yep. And I'm like, well, and so I'm like, kind of like explaining like how it works. And her face is just like disgust. It's just, just like, Oh my gosh. And then after I'm done and I'm like, you know, and then that, you know, can create a a baby. And so she, she looks at me and she goes, mom, you have to do that with dad every month. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I just like died laughing. But well, But she was fine. Like, she could handle it and, you know, whatever. My boys have not asked about the mechanics of sex. Um, And, you know, my oldest boy is 11. But there have been, like, other questions, right? Um you know, about his anatomy and things that happen to his anatomy, uh, like in the morning and things like that. And so, um, I'm like, Doug, that's all you big boy. Um, and so, you know, he has talked to the boys about that kind of thing. And, but I mean, it's just like an ongoing conversation. And I think when we're, when we're pro-life, yes, I think that really helps because our kids, I mean, my kids are always seeing stories and pictures of ultrasounds and we're around babies all the time and they're, you know, going to pro-life marches and they're, um, I mean, we're living out our convictions, right? And so they're just always seeing examples of life and life in the womb and tiny babies. And our church is full of tiny babies and pregnant women. And, you know, even Fulton, I mean, when he was like, you know, just turned three years old, I mean, he would like point to a pregnant woman and say, baby. So, I mean, our kids just kind of know, I think, just instinctively because, they're just around it constantly. They're around it all the time. And I think that that elicits questions, you know, because they just see it. Yes. Right. And, you know, something that I I want to touch on, like you said, you know, no matter which kiddo it is, what age it is, you're mm-hmm. going to give them the truth. Um, you're going to give them just facts, the honest answers, but age appropriately. But what's really interesting for me, uh, which I'm sure you can, uh, you know, testify to this. Now we're backwards on, mm-hmm. so we both have three girls. I have two boys. Your girls, your two younger girls, are still they are. incredibly yeah, they're only, young. They're only six. But my th- my right. So my three girls are. 15, 11, and 9. And even though those are incredibly, incredibly different ages, due to the closeness of my girls and what is shared in conversation, um, fortunately and unfortunately, my 9-year-old has been exposed to so much that she is, she's still extremely immature, but she's... But let's just say she's been exposed to so much. She's heard so many things, whether it's from her older siblings or kids at school, um, on on mm-hmm. on TikTok, you know, horrific social media apps. Um, that my approach, and I know not everybody's going to agree with this, and again, it's what mm-hmm. works best for your family. But my approach for my three girls, we had our first big sex talk all together, us four. So it was me and my three girls all at once. And again, even though there's those age gaps, 15, 11, and nine, um, I had put something out on social media 
a couple years ago, a blog I wrote and, um, I knew my oldest had seen it. I didn't know if she fully read it, but I knew she saw the title and it was about an ex- my first sexual experience I had that was extremely unfortunate. Um, but it happened at an age younger than she is. And I remember thinking, I bet Kendall saw this. I bet she saw this. And deep down, I I was like, maybe she didn't, maybe I don't have to talk to her about it yet. Hopefully she didn't see it, but I'm sure she saw it. Do I, do I bring it up? Is this like even a, and so I had put it off. And one of the first things she said to me in that, uh, in the conversation, she said, mom, I saw what you, I saw what you wrote about before. And that happened to you and you were Mm -hmm. younger than me. And, and my oldest daughter has not even had her first kiss yet. Okay. Um, so it was very, of course, it was just extremely shocking to her. And so I had to tell all three of my girls that despite my best intentions, you know, I, I think so many of us grow up, especially in Christian households, we truly want to wait for marriage. I know I wanted to wait for marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I really did. Um, however, I allowed myself to get into a position that I couldn't get out of. And that's still my responsibility. I allowed myself to get into a position I couldn't get out of. And so I told the girls, because, you know, that's what I want for all of my children, too. I want them mm-hmm. to save themselves. Um, and I said, despite making a promise to God and despite having these, like, deep desires, like, yes, I want to be pure. I, I, I want to save myself or my spouse. Things happen. and um, And that's why it's so important that we don't allow ourselves to be even tempted in a situation and think, oh, I, I, I've got this. I, I know I'm going to be able to resist. I know I'm going to be able to say no because you don't even know what right. the other person is going to be doing. But anyways, so I'm sitting down, I'm having this conversation with my three girls. And like I shared earlier, you know, I'm flushed. I'm extremely uncomfortable. I feel myself starting to sweat, but I'm trying to, you know, I'm just like, Let's, girls, whatever questions you have, we're, we're just going to talk about it right now. And so all three of them were asking me the most specific questions that, you know, half of me was like <laughs> terrified to answer. And the other half was so relieved because I'm like, yeah. I get to be the right. one to answer this and not their friend and not... Like you even said, Abby, we now live in a, in a time where indoctrination is everywhere. No matter if someone holds the title of an educator and, and they're going to educate your child on sex, what do we see now across schools across the country? Oh, mm-hmm. there's more than two genders. Oh, this type of, this type of, you might be attracted to the same sex. This is how you give, I mean, now in schools, they have reading material accessible with pornographic, um, illustrations. And this is how you perform oral sex. And these are the different things you say. I mean, it makes me as a 39 year old absolutely like, Oh my gosh, you're giving, you're, you're giving children, innocent children access to, to this material. So when I say parents that you cannot rely on the school, you cannot rely on the quote unquote educator or sex educator, because now we're changing, right. we're changing biology in school. We're changing science. We're changing basic facts to fit an agenda, depending upon where you live. I mean, it's happening in all 50 states. But depending upon your school, it's happening everywhere. And so you need to be the one to set the record straight on truth, on biblical truth, the truth rooted in Christ. And, and so with that also comes, you know, so, so my girls also had questions about, well, mom, how do, you know, there's the people where there's two guys married and they have a baby. Well, how does that happen? And then there's two girls who have a baby. So if it takes a, if it takes a man and a woman to have a baby, then how do they have a baby? And then even more startling and horrifying, Abby, are the questions. Well, 
that's a man? Is that a man? And he has a baby in his belly? And my nine-year-old literally piped up and said, that's not a man. That's a woman pretending to be a man. And that's the only reason she has a baby in her belly and she's pretending to be. Do you know, I mean, the confusion, but I mean, my my nine-year-old just had it completely straight. Like, praise God that, you know, we talk enough about these lies in this evil that they're just trying to spill over into our children. But so with sharing truth with them, you are going to need to combat or at least bring up these these things that are now out there. So we cannot keep our children in a bubble. Um, it is going to be exposed no matter if you homeschool, if you send your children to a, a Catholic school, to a Christian school, to public school, if they play sports, if they're just playing with the neighbors across the street, they will be exposed to what is just seeping oh, yeah. throughout the world. And you're not you're not doing any so you're you're not doing your kids any favors that. by sheltering them from this. There's a lot of families, Christian families are like, well, I just want to have them keep their innocence for as long as possible. Guys, if you leave your home, unless you live off the grid in nowhere, Alaska, and you never see anybody except your own family, your children's innocence is already shattered. Okay. Because gay people are everywhere. And transgender people are out there and confusion is everywhere in the world. It's, it's everywhere. I mean, we went to an amusement park when my boys were like, I don't know, Alex and Luke were like four and five. And there was this gay dude couple in front of us and they like, start making out in line in front of us. And my boys were like, Oh, what? (laughs) Like, I mean, and so I'm like, you have to start talking to your kids about this. The, The one thing I will suggest is that you, when you start talking to them about these things that you use scripture, that you, you know, if you are a Christian, which hopefully you are, um, that you go to the word of God and you back it up with scripture. That way it's not like, well, this is just what mom and dad believe, but this is what God believes. This is like God breathed truth that, you know, that I'm telling you. And, um, and I, I think that, that setting that foundation for your kids is really important and, and setting that sort of scriptural reference for them is really important. And that way it's like when they get older, it's like, well, I'm going to rebel against my parents. Like it's, it's not so much that it's like, no, they're grounded in scriptural truth. And I think that that is, is really imperative. And that's, that's what we've done, you know, with our kids as we've started talking about these difficult subjects because like even as grace has gotten older and I, I mean i have to say grace is people are like oh just wait until you have teenagers i'm like yeah just wait my teenager is amazing i love being around her like she's awesome um but like i would put her right. up against any pro-choicer any day of the week like she's amazing and not only could she back up her pro-life beliefs with like science and logic and all that, but she can back it up with scripture um, because she's, that's what she was taught first was, you know, backing up our beliefs with scripture and the science and the logic and all that came later as she was older. But I think especially as their children, scripture is easy for kids to understand. Um, I think like, I, I think that, because I think the Holy Spirit lives in children's hearts. And so yes. I think scripture, sometimes yes. scripture is like hard for us to understand, but I've always found that it's pretty easy for my kids to right. understand. And I think because like the Holy Spirit is in them and like, I think Christ is so close to them. Um, and I think that they just have, yeah, they it's have just such a, a beautiful, innocent faith. Agree. And I think they just understand the Lord 
in a way that we don't. And we complicate things and children just don't. And so I think that scripture's just always been easy for my kids to understand. And, um, you know, when, when I explain it to them, it's very black and white for them. And you're right. Right. And you're, and, and that's part of it. You know, we spoke about this too when we did our podcast on bullying. You have to set your child up, um, with the knowledge, with the facts. So when their friends come to them and say this, or when, you know, a, a boyfriend or girlfriend or person who's into your child approaches them, like, Mm-hmm. They have to know how to respond. They need the heavy hitting facts. And the more it's instilled in them, the more confident mm-hmm. they're going to be. Again, you know, if someone approaches Grace and says, bleh, 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 you know, Grace is going to come right back flawlessly, you know, extremely confidently and just throw her lines back because right. she knows it's rooted in truth and she right. knows she's right. You know, when you're rooted biblically in Christ, I, you, there's just, there's no argument. You right. say your piece, you're done. And um, and I think that's one of the most important pieces. So like we said, pushing through that uncomfortability, because you have to know every parent is uncomfortable. Two, being Willing to say, okay, I know this is going to be hard. This is going to be awkward, but I'm going to answer everything completely honestly, complete, completely factually with what's Mm -hmm. age appropriate for your children. Three, backing it up biblically, um, relying on scripture to back up with what you're saying. So it's just not mom and dad's opinion. Like this is this is just kind of like what our little family is going to do. Right. No, this is what's right. This is what the word of God says. This isn't just our little family. This isn't just mom's opinion. This is what mm-hmm. is in scripture. Um, and like, I, I think the other, one of the most main components that you mentioned, Abby, is knowing it really sort of shouldn't right. be a one and done thing. It needs to be an ongoing conversation. And and that doesn't mean it needs to, certainly it doesn't need to be a daily thing. But, you know, like after I had that first talk with my girls, like the next two days, I'd say there was a ton of other questions randomly filtering in. And then we had a huge gap where it didn't come up. And then maybe a couple weeks later, one of them was like, but mom, you know, so they need to know Hey, other things are going to come to your mind. You're going to be confused. You're going to like want to know what this means or what's happening to your body. And so it's important for them to know, Mm -hmm. I want to be your go-to person. I want to make sure you're knowing the truth and you're getting the facts. So I want you Mm -hmm. to come back to me. Um, And I feel like kids just appreciate brutal honesty. And when you're going to be a straight shooter with them, they're probably, you know, and again, they're going to, like we said, they're going to be embarrassed too, you know, Um, but just giving that comfortability level to know, okay, I'm still probably going to be embarrassed. It's still probably going to be awkward, but you, you know, you're going to be the one that they do come back to. And when the only, the really quick, the only other thing I was going to say and I feel like some parents may disagree with me on this, but this is how I I had told my daughters. I told them they are human. And despite what we're all like banking on and praying on and, and, and going to try to do diligently, they're one of them if not, is is probably going to falter at some point. And I'm not saying giving it to sex, but I'm saying possibly do more than they had had expected or find themselves in a situation that they can't get out of. And they all three were so angry at me. They're like, mom, so who do you think is going to mess up? Why would you say that about us? You don't have faith in us? Like they all three were appalled at me. I said, girls, you're not listening to me. No, 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 no. And I said, I don't even have one of you in my mind. I'm just saying life happens. Mistakes happen. You will find yourself in a situation that you thought you had more strength and willpower than you do because it's important, parents, to tell your kids hormones are a real thing. And when your child is of the age to to be around, 
you know, a boyfriend or girlfriend that they really care about. I mean, hormone that that that's going to play a role in willpower. We all know that. Every parent knows that. And so I think being painfully honest about that is critical. Your body feels different. Your guard is let down. The willpower starts to leave. And so if and when they mess up, they need to know they can come back to you to say, "Hey, Here's what happened. And that, that's exactly, and I've 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 talked about this before. And like that is the conversation that we had with Grace, who's almost seventeen, and her boyfriend, who is seventeen. They're both amazing kids, and they both have not had sex, and we know that to be true. Grace called me immediately after they kissed for the first time. Um, and so I, she like tells me everything. And so, um, and people are probably like, oh yeah, right. You think, but seriously, Grace tells me, Grace tells me things that I'm like, you know what? You should probably just tell your friends that <laughs> and not tell your mom that, um, but whatever, I'm not complaining. Um, but she, is, you know, just very honest. And, you know, that was the conversation I had with her and her boyfriend. I'm like, listen, I do not expect you guys to, you know, have sex. I I do expect you guys to, you know, remain chaste. I, I do. But I've also been a teenager and I, I know what can happen. And I know that, you know, it's sin, right? So I I know, and I know that sin is fun, and so that that can happen, right? Um, but I was like, I want you both to know that if something does happen, and you know you find yourself pregnant, there will never, ever, ever be a time where either where you know Grace, you come to us and you're like you know, I'm pregnant and that will ever be met with disappointment or, you know, disdain or, you know, anything like that, tears or anything. We, if you come to us ever at any point in time in your life and you tell us that you are pregnant, it will be met with joy, with celebration. You know, it it may change your plan, you know, it may change your journey, but we will always be on that journey with you. We will always accompany you. We will always help you no matter what. We will always be there to support you and to support your baby and to support, you know, the father of your child, no matter what it is, we will be there. And I think that that is the message that our daughters and our sons need to hear that babies bring joy every time, no matter what. And I think that if our daughters, if our kids heard that more often, they would be much less likely to run into the doors of an abortion clinic, scared of disappointment, you know, scared of disappointing their parents. They would feel like, okay, my parents are safe, right? Like my parents are not there's not going to be disappointment from them and they're still going to support me no matter what. And I think that having that conversation with our teenage kids is really, really important. And, and I, I also plan to have that conversation with my son's girlfriends. Um, you know, it's easy to have it with your own daughter, but I also plan on having it with my son's girlfriends to let them know you know, I may not know their parents, right? But I hope I do. But I plan on having that conversation with them to let them know if you ever find yourself pregnant, you can come to us. We will support you. You know, we will help you. You don't ever need to have an abortion. You don't ever need to think about that. There will be joy here. There will not be disappointment. Yes. And I've said the same thing to all of my older four children um, about, you know, uh, about an unexpected Mm -hmm. pregnancy. 
And I've said the exact same thing. I want you to save yourself for marriage. I want it to be in a, you know, I, I don't want it to, to be in a time of sin. However, I am not condoning you to do this. I'm not saying, hey, here's a free pass because just because we're an extremely pro-life family, this is your, this is your like pass to think, well, mom wouldn't be mad. So if something happens, however, if something does happen, we will absolutely rally together as a family and we will do everything for you and for this baby that God yeah. has, has given you. Um, and so I feel like, and again, of course, this is your, this is your family. This is your children. You, you, you know, Abby and Reagan's suggestions aren't always going to be something that you're ready to implement into your family. But I do think these are at least some, and again, Abby and I are much more upfront. We're very brutally honest. Um, but I do think these are some hard-hitting points that you should pray on and consider talking to your kids when it's age-appropriate, when you feel it's time, because, again, our children are human beings. They are not saints. Uh, we're trying to raise saints in these times. Absolutely. I never think you should stop trying to, to raise the best version uh, of, of your child. Never, ever stop striving for that. But we are imperfect, every single one of us. And we all fall, you know, every single day. And so um, I think knowing, like, I, you know, like when I told my girls, if and when you mess up, and, and that might be in different, you know, that's going to be in different areas. It's not just physically. It's not just sexually. But again, I think we need to remember ourselves as teenagers. Um. And now we have to bump it down. We have to bump it down to tweens. The way social media is, the way society is, I, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow, guys. I, I know. I mean, it makes my stomach turn a little bit, but sadly, the conversations have to start earlier because the information is seeping out everywhere and they're Mm -hmm. already Mm -hmm. aware of it. Trust me. Um, so these conversations need to happen much earlier than when we were children and yeah, getting sure. curious. Um, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's this is one of our most, you know, when we were pulling our audiences asking about, what do you want us to talk about? This was one of the most common things. Can you please, how do I talk to my child about sex from a Christian perspective? And um, I hope, I hope this was somewhat valuable, even if you took a a couple things away, um, thinking, okay, I'm going to try it this way, or yeah, that was a really good suggestion, or yeah, I really didn't think bringing that up um, was necessary, but you know, it probably is. So I'm hoping that's somewhat helpful. And again, you can find us on social media, um, Abby Johnson's page, Reagan Long's page, and then we have our joint page, The Real Deal of Parenting. Um, you can join our 637,000 plus parents. And then you can also shoot us an email, guys. Hello at therealdealofparenting.com. You know, tell us, tell us how your conversations have gone. Tell us what's worked. Tell us what hasn't worked because this is, we, Abby and I don't mind having this being an ongoing conversation yeah. with y'all either. Um, this doesn't necessarily have to be a one and done. And our future podcasts, we don't mind dripping in, you know, stories and suggestions. Even if our uh, future podcast is on a completely different topic, we don't mind taking a few minutes to say, Hey, we got this incredible email and we need this to be heard by all of our listeners. Um, so please feel free to reach out, um, with questions, suggestions, concerns, because it takes a village. And in this time where we are fighting spiritual warfare daily from, from the time we wake up until the time 
we close our eyes, um, it's it's we we've we've got to stick together, and that's part of the reason Abby and I are doing this podcast. We really want to deliver some of the hard truths of parenting, and we yep. want to do it unfiltered. We just otherwise don't know how to. That's right. Deliver we, it. Well, we to don't y'all. know any other way. So that's <gasps> kind of the thing. So, yep. That's just no, it. We, we, can't. we can't treat we can't. ourselves. Well, we thank you so, so much for joining us today. And uh, yeah, we're we hope that you guys have an amazing week and um, stay safe out there, stay vigilant, and just keep raising your little saints. A crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.